This is the one. This is it. This is the fucking podcast of all podcasts. It's the motherfucking holy grail. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. I think that we'd be shocked if we walked through some of our schools today from USA Today. Today's schools are cursed by an increase in swearing with language that would stand a sailor's hair on end. In a recent poll of high school principals, 89% said they face profane language every day. How sad, Jack. Our teenagers. You are now listening to the world's stupidest podcast ever. <laughs> This is the GTFOH podcast. We have no idea what the fuck we're doing. Yeah! Yeah! Hello? 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 Oh shit, my settings are all fucked up. I sound crazy. What's going on, y'all? How you doing? Let me fix that real quick, because that sounds crazy in my headphones. I don't like it at all. Um, yeah, yeah. Hang on a minute. Let's see here. I know how I could do that. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, there we go. There we go. Hey, I'm back, everybody. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. But we're here. Besides the little mini technical difficulty I just had right now, um, I feel fucking amazing. Welcome to the GTFOH podcast, episode 47. Heroes take the motherfucking bus. All right, we're out here. Fucking here. We're doing it. Get the fuck out of here. 47. Um, my name's Recognize. My friends call me Rec. It's Billboard Baggins if you're nerdy. It's Billy Baggins if you're nasty. And we're out here for episode 47. Just getting like a few episodes away from the 50 mark. All right, let's go. What? Yes. Get the fuck out of here! I know. Are you kidding? Fifty, man. We're about to fucking do it. Um, I hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you're doing amazing. The world is spinning faster than I care to fucking track. But um, yeah, I'm out here. Just got back from two shows in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Plano, Illinois. It was dope. It was a really fun weekend. We had a great time. Uh, man, what else can I say about it? Yeah, we had a great time. Uh, Green Bay was live. It was in this like nightclub. And it was, like, really fucking loud. Everybody's ears were ringing after the show. And then uh, Plano was in this, like, pub, like, an old-school pub-type vibe that was... that was The second show was my favorite show of the two shows. Uh, just the sound was better. The vibe was better. The energy was better. It was just really hot in there. But other than that, it was, it was cool. But I preferred the vibe and the energy and the flow of that show over the first show. The first show wasn't bad. It was just... It was a little... It was a little shaky. Uh, but we're here. I'm back. Uh, back to getting on the grind with the kids and doing the daddy daycare thing, kicking ass, uh, working on juggling a few projects, uh, helping my brother Burns out with his uh, upcoming Yacht Rock uh, Yacht Club Volume 1 mixtape that drops on Sunday, July 4th. This Sunday, uh, he's got one single out there leaked on his Instagram. You can find it in his uh, bio. Uh, but uh, the whole mixtape doesn't come out till Sunday. So uh, we're excited about that. Shout out to my man Burns from the Mayday fam. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking going down. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, let me give a quick shout out to um 
the one and only monthly supporters that keep this show moving, that keep this show going, that keep the GTFOH movement moving. Aina, Paul, Kaylee, Dustin, Daniel, Lucas, Randy, uh, Denny, Jean-Paul, Christina, Brandon, Vinoj, Matthew, Dylan, Nick, Sam, a.k.a. Sam So Tiny, a.k.a. Restart the Motherfucking App, Julio, Amanda, Connie, Adam, Cody, a.k.a. Arcade, King's Arcade, if you're nasty, Sean, uh, Robert Russell, KDO, what up, uh, Gia, Nick, Mallory, Tony, Stella, twice, you know what I mean, it's contributed so nice, she had to do it twice, Brandon, uh, Michael Lockwood, a.k.a. Circle Pit Mike, Austin, Misty, Norm, a.k.a. Norman Joseph Penworthy, the sixth, if you're nasty, Jan V, and Christopher, whose last name I always fuck out. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, um, one time for y'all, thank you so much for continuing to support the show. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't know. I'm just trying to find my way in this big podcast world, you know what I mean? I'm just... It's all about just please listen to my rap music, all right? That's really what I do every fucking other little thing I do. Nah, I really do have love for video, editing, film, anything that has to do with putting on a show. I just love putting on a show. You know what I mean? I'm a fucking showman at heart. It's in my blood. My father is a showman. My grandfather is a showman. My mother was a show woman. Um, you know what I mean? Like, everyone in my family's got that theatrical vibe. That's what we're here for. We like putting on a fucking show for you people. So I hope you enjoy the vibes. As always, uh, 47, let me, uh, Sam's running on a low battery. I know you, some of y'all are at work with no headphones, so let, let me not ramble on too long. Let's get right to the fucking matter at hand and fucking just whip it out and give me some head. Lines. Getting, 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 I was getting some head, getting, getting some head, getting, getting some head, getting, getting some head, lines, getting some head, getting, getting some head, lines, the kind of girl to make your toes pop, I was, I was, I was, I was, at 11 pay more at the grocer, but getting less will tell you how to get the most, the fuck are you doing? We need to acknowledge an unfortunate mistake that I made and one of the teases we bring to you before this program. While we were live just after 10 o'clock, I said a word that many people find offensive. I'm truly sorry. It was a mistake on my part, and I sincerely apologize. Goddamn right you should apologize. Fuck. I got to... You know what I got to do? I got I to gotta add the video for everybody watching the video version of this podcast now. We're video, man. I got to stop fucking slacking, all right? Fuck. What? I'm, I'm slipping. I know. I know. I need to put the video of that clip because there is video of that woman on the New York News uh, flipping out. And gotta, I got to add that to the Twitch for the Twitch and for the YouTube. I got to do that. I'm fucking I'm, I'm slacking. Get the fuck out of here. All right. So let's fucking get to it, folks. Um, Let's jump right into it. There's plenty of head lines to go around for all of you and i'm ready to fucking spread the love um but i just want to let you guys know for the remainder of this show and really for the remainder of your natural born lives um it's probably best you don't try to be a hero 
Also new this morning, a Good Samaritan's car is stolen while he's in the middle of helping the victims of a car crash on the city's south side. Eight people were taken to the hospital, two of them in serious condition. A dozen first responders arrived helping the eight people injured in the crash. At least one of the people involved in the crash was a teenager, but was able to walk to the ambulance on his own. Now, before all of that, a Good Samaritan, Jerry Bobo, saw what happened and decided to help. He says his own car was stolen while he was trying to do the right thing. What? So I put on my vehicle, hopped out, and I helped the woman, um, and me and this other man helped the woman out of the car. And as I'm going, just check on my vehicle, my vehicle is gone. So my car just got stolen while I was trying to render aid on the scene. We do know that five of the eight people involved in this crash were only treated for minor injuries. Police are still looking for Jerry's car this morning and the person who stole it. Jerry, no, man, not Jerry Bobo. Shit, he got out and just tried. This, this is the world we're living in, folks, all right? This man got out and tried to assist some people who were in a car accident, Try to make sure everybody was all right. Y'all are y'all alive? How you doing? You know what I mean? And yes, Bobo theft, <laughs> not Bobo fet, Boba theft, all right? He got his fucking car stolen. God Get the damn fuck it. out of here. This is no disrespect to my Chicago friends, because I got plenty of them, but this is some Chicago ass shit. This is like Chicago exports this kind of behavior. This is like, they're like, oh yeah, she shouldn't have got out of his car and helped. You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here. This makes me feel like, <laughs> this is how you know karma isn't real. This is how, this is the kind of shit that makes me feel like, I'm, I often feel like I'm a little bit like of a jaded cynic. You know, I walk around and like people approach me sometime in the streets and I'm like programmed to be like, no, I'm not interested. No, man. I don't want to fucking talk to you. Like, I, I'm just, I got my guard up at all times. You know what I mean? And sometimes when that happens, it's like somebody like, oh, we're just trying to raise money for legless orphans or whatever. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm a fucking asshole. Like, they were trying to raise money for legless orphans. And I'm here being like, no, no, I'm trying to get to the Apple store. Fuck off. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm just realizing um, it, it was the south side of Chicago, for those asking, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain it was the south side of Chicago. But these are the stories that make me justified in my curmudgeonness. Curmudgeonness? Curmudgeonness. I don't know which word is right, but whatever. The shit that makes me feel like Scrooge McDuck sometimes without the, without the vault full of money. I'm like, this is the shit because sometimes you stop and motherfucking, you get your car stolen. Get the fuck out of here. You know what I'm saying? A friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, who will remain nameless. What? He recently went to a little jazz bar club thing in Miami, and a home, some dude, like, fucking looks like one of the homies that was at the club or whatever, came up and was like, yo, man, my phone died, and I really need to make a phone call. Uh, can I use your phone? And he was like, yeah, all right. And he let him, he let the dude use his phone for a minute. And then eventually this dude started getting further and further away from where my friend was you know what i'm saying and um to me like if i lent somebody my phone in public i would be like hawkeye in this motherfucker you know what i mean like i'm real particular about my shit um and they just kept walking and then eventually they had to go and track this person down they they almost kind of like left the building with the fucking phone get the fuck out of here this is the kind of thing i'm talking about that makes me feel like damn like i want to be believing in humans but somebody comes up to me and they're like oh i really need to use your phone i'm like Oh, yeah, I'll tell y'all a story real quick before we move on to the next story. 
I was uh, coming home from uh, a late night function in Miami not too long ago. Stopped at a gas station and a girl walked up to me in flip-flops, um, looking pretty drunk. You know what I mean? She was stumbling and slurring her words and shit. She came up. She was talking to me in Spanish. I said, um, excuse me, I, I, I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand you. You know, like, I mean, I speak a little Spanish, but not enough to understand drunken, <laughs> drunken 1 a.m. speech. And she was like, I just... I just been I just been raped and I was like what the fuck holy shit I'm like, I'm like putting gas in the fucking car and I was like you just you just got raped right now are you serious like and she was like I, I don't know if she had a beer in her hand I feel like she had a drink in her hand and she was like I need a ride can you give me a ride home now I wanted to help this girl of course especially if she had been assaulted which I wasn't 100% sure if it was true or not because she the way her vibe was you never just know when somebody comes up to you with a story and you're like Oof, I don't know. This doesn't seem like it checks out right. You know what I mean? I've heard some crazy stories about people getting robbed like this. So this is why I'm fucking cynical. So I said to her, she said, I need a ride. Can you give me a ride? And I was like, well, I'm going to work right now. It was like 1245. I don't know what she's fucking, what job she thought I had. I was DJ or some shit, strip club security or some shit. And I was like, yo, check this out. Um, there's no way I'm going to let a girl who is claiming sexual having being sexually assaulted just a moment ago and is drunk into my fucking car but what i will do is make sure we get you the help you need right now let's go so i started i was, I was like yo let's walk to this gas. like look let's walk to the window of the gas station let's walk to the valero and she was like no no and she got like frustrated and then i was like mm, okay suspect you know what i mean what i was like if you were really in trouble like really like you needed to talk to someone you wouldn't give a fuck where that help was coming from am i wrong i would have been like yo let's go to this let's go right here to this front door of this gas station where there's surveillance video and everything everyone could see that you just walked up to me out of nowhere and we could say look something happened to this girl call the police call the authorities get them here right now all right there's no way i'm ubering you to your fucking house off that story you should have just been real and just been like you know what shit i'm fucked i fucked up I need to ride home really bad. Otherwise, I'm going to walk home in chancletas. I need you to fucking drive me home. And then I would have been like, what? Get the fuck out of here. here. No, but I would have thought about it. The lying, the lying was fucked up. You know what I mean? And that's the story. Like, the minute she said rape, I was just like, holy shit, this is fucking severe. Um, we going to get you some help. Well, she wandered off when I tried to like walk safely towards help. And then I was like, okay. Um, all right. And then somebody, somebody else at the gas station walked up to me and said, yo, what did she say to you? And I was like, yo, she said this, that, and the third. And they, he was like, yeah, she said the same thing to me. And I was like, it just didn't feel right. And I was like, nah, I'm with you 100%. Like I wanted to help her, but she wasn't letting me help her. And luckily, just so y'all don't know, like think I'm a cold, heartless bastard. I was, as I was finishing up and exiting the gas station, a couple police officers pulled up and I did a circle back on the way out saw they were talking to her and they had it all sorted out so you know she hopefully she was okay get the fuck out of here i'm just saying i'm jaded i'm jaded and i'm cynical all right <laughs> uh come on girl this girl had a fucking this girl had a magnum size fosters in her fucking hand all right i was like yo if i get attacked the last like i love beer i love alcohol but if i get attacked the last thing that you're going to see me holding on to, clutching, is my fucking drink. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just telling you. I'll drop that shit and run and scream and get help. Like, this, the fosters in my hand would be the least, be the last priority, all right?
Um, oh man, all right. The world is crazy out there. I feel like folks, it's, it's getting wild. It's just the more the more uh, we get. I was telling Burns this the other day in the studio. It's crazy how the world was so serene and so peaceful, yet under the implications of like a fucking virus outbreak that was killing all these people. But the world was so like chill. And now we're getting past that stage and we're like getting back to regular life. But that means it's fucking business as usual for the fucking madness. Get the fuck out of here. It's just insane. It's just insane. It's insane. So the world is getting crazy. Um, people are, they're out. They're fucking vaccinated or not. They're maskless they're, or they're, they're masked up or they're maskless. And they want you to fucking know. And one way or the other, they're going to get in the fucking way. All right. That was a little closer than 126 as they've gone under that banner. Oh! Oh, there's a passive crash there. What has happened? Right oh. on the side of the road there. Look at this. I don't know what happened there. Maybe they clipped the crowd, but whatever has happened, they are in a right mess down there at the moment now. How many riders? Let's hope. That is a massive crash, Bob. It's completely... It was a jumbo Visma ride. It wasn't Roglic, was it? I think that was Tony because Martin. Because the whole... What happened? It just went it could down. Could have been Tony Martin. Yes, it could have been. And it just, he just hit the side of the road and lost Weather? the front wheel. What was it? You can see right on the. It looked like pilot near error. the front. Watch him try to get around his teammate and go down. Oh, he might have clipped that spectator. He went off the road. Oh, I think he went off the road. The road has got a nasty ridge on it there. Nasty ridge. Now the question is, what's going to happen? How many people are going to get back oh, up? Right, that sign right there. Left Phil. Left of your Oh my goodness me. Oh, it was the sign that the rider in front hit. Yes. And that is the result. And taking down the taking down one of the top teams in the race and somewhere very close to that situation was definitely Primoz Roglic. As you can see the whole race is stopped here. Well, let's see if they don't neutralize the proceedings. While they, well, I mean, that's a massive pileup. Well, let, let's see if Adam Blythe can throw any light on this. Adam, back to you. Yeah, Adam, back to you. God damn, what happened? Get the fuck out of here. That was epic. A spectator, for those not watching the video right now, a spectator at the Tour de France caused a massive crash involving dozens of cyclists and um, the authorities plan to sue her fucking ass. Uh, Tour de France Deputy Director Pierre-Yves Stuart uh, told the AFP news agency they plan to sue the woman so that the tiny minority of people who do this don't spoil the show for the rest of us. Uh, however, French publication Quest France reported the woman, who is believed to be German, those fucking Germans. Shout out to England to beat, uh, who beat Germany in the Euros today. Holla at your squad. <laughs> Football's coming down, mate. What? Yeah. That's right. Fucking Germans. The woman's believed to be German. Uh, she got on a flight, though, and she is untraceable. This bitch fled the country. Get the fuck out of out of there she's fucking out of there folks this video shows the woman who held a long banner on the sidelines uh, sidelines of the race stuck the banner out a little too far just a little too far causing german cyclists damn of all the fucking bikes there this german lady had to sabotage another german get the fuck out of here that is the most german shit i ever heard of <laughs> oh you mean a german came out and sabotaged another german that's mad german get the fuck out of here 
Uh, that doesn't really make sense, and I don't care. But it just sounds funny in my head. Um, so she 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 got Tony Martin to crash right into the sign. He fell off and set off a fucking domino effect for all the competitors as a cyclist behind him also fell. The sign. What did you think it was? Was it like that Greenpeace shit from last week where the guy crashed into the Euro uh, soccer match? Like, oh, fuck big oil or whatever. It must have been something mad important for her to want to like, you know what I mean? For her to want to get out in front of all these bikers and possibly risk like fucking up the whole race. It must have been something important, right? Let me see. Um, hmm. The sign was a hello message for the woman's grandparents. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. She appeared to hold the sign out so it was in view of the cameras, but it blocked part of the road. Following the crash, the Tour de France Twitter page put out a public service announcement urging in-person spectators not to be fucking idiots. Get the fuck out of here. No, what they said was, uh, don't risk everything for a photo or to get on television. This bitch had to flee the country. The crash caused by the spectator sign was just the first of opening day, by the way. German cyclist Joshua Sweaterlin fucking Germans having all the problems uh, he was the first rider to leave the race after the crash and a second accident brought down several others French cyclist Julien went on to win the first stage of the 21 stage race crossing the finish line with blood dripping from his knee but really though if you like the minute that shit happened it's like even if you win did you really did you really win though get the fuck out of here I don't know I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. Did you really win is the question I want to know. It's a fucking conspiracy, folks. That's right. The tour de farce. All right. Wow. If you, I just want to let you know, if you're not watching this on Twitch live and you're not watching this replayed on YouTube, do yourself a favor if you haven't already and watch the video of this crash because it's fucking... Get the fuck, get the fuck out, out, of here. out of here. It's fucking epic. All right. Oh, man. Great. Wonderful. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Let's, um, how much weirder can we get? I'm sure we can get much weirder, right? We got to be able to get weirder, I think. Let's go. Let's give it a shot. Um, Ringo Starr, everybody's least favorite Beatle, uh, has dropped a lawsuit against the company that sells, wait for it, wait for it. What is it? What do they sell? What could he possibly be suing someone for? Like a diamond engagement ring? Uh, you know what I mean? A fucking, a ring you get for your pets, uh, a, a, a soap scum ring i don't know what the fuck no nope. it's a company uh under the brand name ring o and what do they sell folks they sell um cock rings yes look at those beauties ring o's <laughs> oh now my this is terrible previously the 80 year old beatles drummer argued that the ring o trademark was too similar to his professional stage name and might damage his reputation get the fuck out of here. Oh my god. Oh, oh. In 2019, um, Rigo Star's legal team argued that consumers might believe the Yellow Submarine... Why did they put Yellow Submarine in quotes, though? The Yellow Submarine. Hello. Is that is that like um, like one of the different varieties of cock rings? Oh, this is the Yellow Submarine. You're gonna love it, mate. Uh, they might believe the Yellow Submarine singer's newest venture is selling sex toys. Get the fuck out of here. And believe it or not, this is an association that uh, Ringo Starr does not want. Get the fuck out of here. Apparently, though, Starr has now withdrawn his complaint after reaching an agreement with the manufacturers. Goddamn, I didn't even get to finish reading the article. Get the fuck out of here. Holy shit. This motherfucker did a deal with them before the article finished. Uh, the settlement between Star, real name Richard Starkey, 
I'm a, I'm, I'm a shit Beatles fan. Did any of you guys know that his name wasn't really Ringo Starr? His name's Richard Starkey? Get the fuck out of here. Oh, fuck. I feel like a terrible Beatles fan. I thought his name was Ringo Starr. I was like, this guy got the coolest fucking name ever. His parents knew exactly what they were doing. No, no. His name's Dick Starkey. Oh, my God. Somebody get a cock ring out with, with the name Dick Starkey on it. And that's it. I hope that's where the deal went. I hope he was like, don't use Ringo Starr, but you can use Dick Starkey. Get, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. Uh, the settlement between Dick Starkey and Pacific Holdings and Momentum Management requires them to avoid any activity likely to lead to confusion in connection with the toys and the rock legend. Which, if it was me, I would have flipped it and been like, I'm a cock legend. Let's get go. Get the fuck out of here. It's stupid. Uh, that means that the Ring O name can only be used on adult sex toys and desensitizing sprays. Get the fuck out of here. Stop it. Desensitizing sprays. And that there must be a space between the ring and the O. Mmm. Very clever. Because that really, like, sp- that really puts a distance between the whole thing. So the r- it's got to be ring and then... That's it. It's got to be separate. Uh, in addition, the company can't make any innuendo connecting the Beatle with the sex toys, so no sex puns based on Star's hits like, It Don't Come Easy. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> ah, I could write better puns than that. Off Beatles tracks. My cousin just hit me up a few days ago, and he was like, uh, Yo, I'm doing a, this random, I don't even know what the fuck he was doing it for, Instagram or something? And he was like, I'm doing Beatles tracks, uh, but like, all written for vampires. And I was like, alright, let's go. I love this game. I, I should have been on fucking, uh, what was that game, um... Uh, what was that game that uh, Chris Hardwick had on Comedy Central, the game show, where they were giving out points and shit? Whatever that show was, I should have been on that show. Um, I would have been amazing. Anyways, I'm good with the puns is all I'm saying. Um, I could have done better than It Don't Come Easy, but that's that's low-hanging fruit. Whatever. Star has yet to comment on the settlement, but he's not the first 1960s-era rocker to gripe that his good name has been used to promote a good time. Back in 2013, Chubby Checker, the singer behind The Twist, sued Hewlett-Packard over an app called the chubby checker that was designed to measure penis size. What? Hewlett Packard put out an app to measure your fucking penis size? Get the fuck out of here. I'm learning all kinds of shit today. I'm learning that Ringo Starr's real name is Dick Starkey. All right. And I'm also learning that um, it's okay for you to say ring and then separately but not together if you go ringo fucking your suit bitch but if you say ring oh no i'm gonna go like ah, me and my girl we got a thing it's valentine's day i'm gonna go get a ring and then i'm i I feel like i'm all right i won't get sued and then lastly i learned that chubby checker uh was um not just a fucking vocalist rocker dude legend uh hewlett packard also had an app called the chubby checker that was designed to measure your fucking dick get the fuck out of here Learning all kinds of things. This fucking show is educational. Shit. Um, man. All right. Um, <laughs> this is all right. Yo, this is hey, folks. These are the stories. All right. I don't know what you want me to say. Um, let's see here. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Let's go to corporate greed. I love a little corporate greed in the middle of the week. Always sets it off right. You know what I mean? Uh, let's go to. The CEO of HEI uh, Hotels and Resorts said the chain uh, was encouraging customers to authorize tips at check-in to ensure staff were recognized for their hard work. This hotel chain CEO is saying bigger tips and not raises and bonuses could stop workers quitting and ease the labor shortage. 
So he's now encouraging his guests to opt into tips as they arrive to the facility. Get the fuck out of here! Come on, folks. Have we learned nothing yet? Fuck these assholes. You know what I mean? Now they're going to pass on the buck to us, paying their employees shit. All right? This is bullshit. This all started in Prohibition. Do the research where tipping came from. You know what's crazy about the whole tipping situation, though, is all my friends, all my family that work in the tip industry, whether it's like uh, as a server, um, in the hotel industry, whatever it is, like any of those jobs where it's like, oh, no, I mostly like rely on my tips. None of them that I've asked, ask any of your friends that work in these industries. None of them want to trade their tip wage in for a fucking flat wage. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all some gambling motherfuckers just like me. I would do the same thing, but it's fucked up. I feel like it's almost like uh, it's like our conditioning has been conditioned. You know what I mean? How about the CEO of this company pay me my fucking check and I'll get tips based on my service, period. How fucking hard is that? Um, apparently this fucking uh, Scrooge McDuck. Uh, let me see. So he said um, that he's the CEO of HEI Hotels and Resorts. He said that he's now encouraging his customers to authorize tips at check-in to ensure staff were recognized for their hard work. Fuck yeah. Now, the only the only way I could kind of support that is the hotel industry does get shafted uh, as far as like tips go. Most people don't tip the the like cleaning staff at a hotel and they, they gotta fucking do some crazy shit, all right? What? Yeah, people are fucking disgusting in hotels and they like, it's very rare all the people that I've seen like traveling, I don't see a lot of people like leaving money for the cleaning staff at the hotel. So yeah, if you put that into the thing at the beginning, I prefer that. Uh, instead of like trying to slip a little something on the table or under the pillow or whatever, let me just, just put it in the front and let me make sure it goes to the right people. Boom, keep it moving. Um, guests who opt into this would pay tips when they left the hotel. The chain has more than 80 hotels and resorts in the U.S. and around 6,000 staff. Get the fuck out of here! Darnell said better tipping policies, not raises and bonuses, because that would be just fucking ludicrous. Get the fuck out of here. Who would give a raise and a bonus? Um, that wouldn't help hotels and restaurants retain workers amid a U.S. labor shortage. That would be terrible. What a fucking shit idea that is. Pay them more? Bonus? Give them bonuses? Huh. Ridiculous. Let's get tips back on the fucking table. Get the fuck out of here. Some hotels have been raising salaries and offering, offering bonuses, so it's not all bad. But Darnell said that his has never been uh, that this has never been the solution for hiring challenges in the hospitality industry. If somebody pays an advantage, uh, in other words, you're at a competitive advantage for an hour until somebody decides to match it. So if one guy is cheap, then the rest of these assholes will be cheap too, and it's all good. Everybody gets rich off the fucking working man because the working man is a sucker. All right, um, which is bullshit, but. So that's the argument. Like, ah, I'm not going to pay more because then if I pay more to, like, get more employees, then somebody else is going to pay more and then people will be making money. That's fucking stupid. Get the fuck out of here. Before the pandemic, hotel guests would leave cash in an envelope in their hotel room for housekeeping staff. But in today's world, people don't carry cash. Yeah. What do we do then? Like, okay, they got an envelope. Can you write her? Can you write the fucking cleaning lady's cash app on there? I could do that. That's that's feasible. They're not doing that yet. They should fucking do that, all right? Uh, the chain is also considering adding a minimum gratuity to restaurant checks. Uh, these tips would be, as if that hasn't happened already, these tips would be pooled and distributed among staff based on the number of hours they work. Darnell said that everybody's struggling a little bit with the shortage, HEI included. He said that South Beach was among uh, the most challenging of his locations. Holla, South Beach, let's go. Should have put this in the Florida section. Beach. 
Um, how about, look, Mr. Uh, CEO guy, why don't you just um, pay your fucking employees? Get the fuck out of here. How about that? Solved everybody's problem. All right. Just pay your fucking employees. It's not that difficult. Um, all right. Well, since his most struggling uh, location happens to be um, South Beach, I guess there's only one thing to do. There's only, there's only one, one place to go. You know where we're going, where everybody knows your name. Okay, so I think you should use this idea for your Florida, Florida segment and get the out, out of here. So I came up with get on the Florida because when the cops come arrest you with their handcuffs, they're like, get on the floor so that they can put the handcuffs on. And since it's about Florida and all the crazy stuff that happens there, which is usually involved with the cops, so get on the Florida is Florida. And also get on Florida. I mean, get on the floor. So I think you should use it because I'm smart. Get on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Go back, baby. Bienvenido a Florida. Um, my good friend Spence just let me know that the HEI CEO has a $500,000 salary, by the way. Get the fuck out of here! You know, what's, you know what's fucked up is that as far as salary CEOs go, that kind of sounds low to me. I was like, 500000 That sounds... Get the fuck out of here! Kind of measly. Like, my guy has all those locations and he's only making five hundred k. Like, what the fuck? Holy shit, he's in the wrong business. Maybe, maybe they do. Maybe they do have a problem. Maybe we do need to tip more because my guy should be at least making a milli. Get the fuck, the out, fuck of here. out of here! <laughs> oh man. All right. Um. Let's see here. All right. I I can't. Um. I can't do a Florida segment without at least addressing. Uh. What the fuck is going on? I'm gonna. I'm gonna kill the theme for this one though because I don't. I don't want to. Um. I don't want to parody this at all, but um, every day that goes by for the last, how, how, I've lost count of how many days it is already now, uh, but Surfside, um, for those of you guys who know that those Champlain Towers uh, condo that collapsed, um, I think it just has to be said, I, I've been watching like the the mayor's Instagram page uh, and some of the like photo ops and press shit they're doing. And it's, it's kind of aggravating and upsetting at this point. Um, the way the tone of like the posts and shit they're doing is just to me, the news came out today that Surfside's hired an engineer to consult on the condo collapse and check nearby buildings. Does that sound like a good idea to you Get guys? the fuck out of here. It seems like, Everything in this Surfside situation right now is like a after the fact, you know what I mean? A, a, a little too little too late, you know what I mean? Um, they've hired this renowned structural engineer whose firm has consulted on major disasters like the 9-11 terrorist attack on the Pentagon and the Florida International University Bridge collapse, which is not too far from where I live. Uh, uh, and now shifting his focus to Thursday's fatal condo uh, collapse in Surfside. Uh, Alan Kilsh- Kilshimmer? Founder and chief executive of KCE Structural Engineers has been hired by the town of Surfside to study the partial collapse of the Champlain Tower South, which has left at least nine dead. At the time of this article, it was nine. It's 12 now uh, and 156 missing. The firm will also study the condition of the remaining existing building and similar adjacent buildings while providing geotechnical and original design evaluations according to a contract with the town uh, executed Sunday. Of course, they're going to do that now because catastrophe has struck. 
hundreds of people, 156 people are more than likely at this point, it's looking very grim uh, on how many of them are going to survive. It seems at this point almost inevitable that no one survives after this, like the amount of time they've been there, the heat, the strut, the, 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 the nature of the collapse is fucking insane. Um, just, I, I told my girl today, I was like, uh, it, you want to hold out hope in a situation like this, but at the same time, uh, it's almost more like, uh, it's almost more, uh, settling to think that everyone had passed in the crash already in, in the collapse already, because the thought of people being alive in this, in this rubble right now, through this heat, through this rain that we're experiencing in, in South Florida is fucking insane. Um, it's more stressful to think that. Obviously, the best case scenario is to, that they find as many survivors as possible. But uh, it the last few nights since this collapse happened, it's hard to not think about that um, there there could be people there trapped uh, in between some of these rubble uh, pockets. And I know like the the chances are slim because it's a pancake collapse or whatever. I didn't know the different styles of collapses there are, but this uh, collapse being that it it leaves very little room for people to survive. Um, the whole situation is fucked up um and i feel like it hasn't been said yet but um there's multiple things coming out that is basically pointing to the fact that negligence is like very much to blame uh they they the owners of this building the developers had been uh already tracked as being corrupt in the sense they were paying people off to get permits so they wouldn't have to do the necessary work um, I know they were a few sh- years short of the 40 year, like needing to uh, have the building up to code. Uh, apparently they were saying it was going to cost like 15 mil to get the building back right to where it needed to be. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I saw the story today and I was just like, man, you know what? Like, like how could they even like say this? Like, oh yeah, we're going to hire this engineer and like, you know, like, so he can figure out what happened. And then like, well, also we're going to check nearby buildings now. Like, it just seems like, it just seems a little after the fact and a little too, little too late. I, I know it's probably the best thing that they can do right now, but it just got me aggravated to the point where I'm like, man, like the, let's just get to the bottom of it. Obviously once this is all done and figure out what happened, but it just seems to me that it's going to be uh severe negligence. Cause there's a ton of buildings like this on the beach I lived on South Beach for two years. I lived on North Beach for a year, maybe two years on North Beach too. And there's a lot of buildings that are dilapidated like that, like that are fucked up. And the salt water is whooping their ass on the on a regular basis. So um, how about, you know, government officials and everybody involved in these structures? How about do your fucking job? Get the fuck out of here. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Let me start my motherfucking music. All right. Um... Let's get back to the to the insane and the silliness of our f- lo- beloved state of me. Um, yeah. All right, here we go. Some people, unfortunately, don't get all the luck in Florida. They may experience a tragedy like the collapse of uh, Champlain Towers or the University of uh, Florida Bridge, which was also insane in its own right, which still never got completed, by the way. That bridge... They haven't even torn down that whole structure. For those that don't know, those aren't familiar with that that story, real quick, that was a bridge that was meant to be put up from the Florida International University to across the street where some like uh, dorms and like condos and stuff for students exist so that students could cross 8th Street, which is a busy intersection, without having to worry about 
fucking traffic. So this bridge is getting built. And one day, I'll never forget this. I was on fucking tour. I wasn't even home. And one day, the bridge fucking collapses. And it collapses while traffic is driving under it. So a couple cars get crushed in the in the collapse of the bridge. I think, I forget now, don't quote me on the number, but a few pe- a couple people died. And I've, I've, there were some injuries. And I think at least one or two people died. Now, what what in your right mind, if that happened, wouldn't you take that whole structure down wouldn't you just say oh this is scrapped let's get rid of this fucking thing um no they haven't done that the bridge the partial like piece of the bridge that was still remaining like left standing is still fucking there now this is at least a couple of years since this has happened i'm just wondering what the fuck's gonna happen are they gonna just restart it and just start back from what's there or are they gonna is nobody gonna nobody gonna do anything about this fucking bridge get the fuck out of here is confused as to what that is but so you, you get to florida and you know you might not have all the luck i've been here i've been here what 35 years no 33 years and um i've had moderate luck i'd say but some people get all the fucking luck yeah, I'm <laughs> some people get all the luck uh you could be this couple that um just moved from new jersey to boynton beach um and in their first week of living in florida Want a fucking scratch off for a million dollars? Yeah, I'm a Florida. <laughs> Couple from New Jersey says they will make the move to South Florida permanent after scoring a one million dollar prize on a scratch off just weeks after coming down to Boynton Beach as renters. Get the fuck out of here! Kristen Fromer, 27 years old, told the Florida Lottery, "This is like the ultimate housewarming gift. Fuck yeah!" Yeah, I'm a Florida. <laughs> that's not that's not a Jersey accent. I can't really do. It's a Jersey thing. We moved down as renters two months ago, but now there's no question we're buying a house and becoming Floridians. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> After the lump sum and the taxes, good luck buying a fucking house in Florida. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> Lottery officials say Fromer won on the $5 million luck game. If y'all are like me, whenever I read a story like this, I'll be like, damn, $5 million luck game? I gotta fucking play Get that the fuck out of here! <laughs> Um, I'm an asshole. I'm like, I'm now I'm going to look for that game and I'm going to play it, even though probably because she won right now, the odds are probably fucked up, you know? Um, she decided to take a lump sum payout of $760,000. Uh, she bought the $20 ticket at the racetrack at 905 West Woolbright Road in Boynton Beach. And then I'm like, I hear where they won and I'm like, oh, I'm never in Boynton Beach. Yeah, I'm a sport. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, that store gets a $2,000 bonus commission. Oh, wow. $2,000. Get the fuck out of here. I wonder if the people who own the stores, when the tickets get sold, the winning ticket, are they, like, really happy about that? I mean, I guess $2,000 is $2,000 regardless. Like, don't let me sound like an asshole. But I'm just like, they're like, oh, she just won a million dollars. And congratulations, you get $2,000. Yeah, I'm a sport. <laughs> or are they, just ha- are they just happy to be there and excited like somebody wanted their store? I don't know. Um, I was wondering, but yo, shout out to Kristen Fromer and her husband, who also looks a little bit lost. Uh, yeah, they fucking, they won the Millie. Uh, there was people in the comments of this article, like tearing the whole situation to shreds saying like, I don't know, that, like math wizards and accountants, shout out to all my CPAs out there. They were like, well, after, after taxes and if you carry the one and you fucking dot the I's and cross the T's, she's really only going to have like this and that. And I'd rather have it in an annuity with na yada yada blah 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> Um, yeah, 
Yeah, the the husband in the picture of this uh, of the lottery winners, uh, he definitely looks like he's ingesting his first batch of bath salts. <laughs> yeah, I would have taken one lump sum too. I'm not mad at Nicole and uh, I mean Nicole. <laughs> I'm not mad at Kristen and uh, fucking bath salt Schmeagle over here um, for taking the lump sum. Fuck it, take the lump sum. I take that shit too. Who I'm not gonna be like taking the little increments here and there. I could get hit by a fucking truck tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Get the fuck out of here. Fuck that. I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to, trying to get this lump sum, baby. Trying to get this money. Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, congratulations to them, all right? Fucking assholes. <laughs> uh, some people get all the fucking luck, all right? Um, what else do we got here? Oh, these are my favorite stories. I was just telling my wife, these are the kind of stories that I live for and that I could read all day. 14 years. It's going to sound morbid at first, but trust me, it lightens up. 14 years after a sexual assault in Tampa, a man has been charged with rape because... Huh, what happened? Did he slip? Did he commit the crime again? What, I, how did he get caught? How did he get caught? Um, oh, because he entered his own DNA into a genealogy database. Get the fuck out of here! That's right, folks. Police in Tampa Bay used genealogy testing websites to find a suspect in a 14-year-old rape case. What? Yeah, officers use the website's GED Match. GED Match? Who the fuck is going to GED Match? What? What does that even mean? Yo, I just wanted to find out other people that have the same GED, that got their GED as well, that didn't graduate on time and had to go to night school and get their GED. I just want to find out who, who my family is. What? Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding? He used a GED Match and Family Tree to find a DNA match in the cold case. Uh, the victim now can have some closure in her life, Assistant Police Chief Ruben Delgado said. Police detectives in Tampa Bay said they've arrested a suspect in this 14-year-old rape case. Uh, and according to police reports, the rape took place in 2007 when a University of Tampa student was walking back to her dorm after attending the popular Gasparilla Pirate Festival. Fuck it. Get the fuck out of here. The victim told detectives she was intoxicated and may have been stumbling around when the suspect, Jared Vaughn, Ooh, Jared Vaughn sounds like a rapist. Get the fuck out of here. Jared. Yeah, Jared is, I don't know, I just think of the Goblin King in Labyrinth. Jared, that name's just ruined. For Get the fuck out of here. Well, Jared Vaughn, he offered to walk her to her dorm where he proceeded to do unkind things to her. Uh, DNA evidence was collected at the time but did not find any matches and the case remained unsolved for more than a decade. In 2020, however, detectives revisited the case and began to search genealogy testing databases including GED Match and Family Tree, two services often used by people who are researching uh, their genealogy. Um, he's in Virginia, this guy, and... He um, went to conduct a DNA uh, test on himself, and later on, the authorities were able to get a 1 in 700 billion match. Get the fuck out of here! It took 14 years for resolution in this case, but it's something that was important to us and was important to the victim to get some closure in this case. That was the whole idea about this squad. Uh, they started a new, like, task force for this kind of shit uh, to kind of take these cases that have been unsolved and kind of re-energize them florida was the first state to establish its own forensic genealogy unit holla squalor. Yeah, that's right uh, they started in 2018 similar units have since been created in california and utah biters to solve cold cases uh, special agent mark brutnell of the florida department of law enforcement urged people to allow their dna to be accessed by law enforcement yeah, I'm a fuck i did 23 and me and 
and I, when I was I, I bought it because it was like a Black Friday sale. Black Friday sale, seventy five percent off. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, whatever. I get that shit and like see what's up. Like I don't know, check and see if I have diabetes or something. And uh, I got it, and like I can't front. The shit sat on my counter for fucking like three months. Get the fuck out of here! I felt really funky about giving up my DNA. You know what I mean? And then one day, you know what it was? My frugality, my fucking pettiness, like, prevented me from, you know, sticking up for myself against the man. I was just like, yo, but you paid for this. This is, you, this is money that you paid. You paid money for this, and then you're going to, like, you're just going to let it sit there? You're not even going to use it? And then I was like, get the fuck out of here. Fine. <laughs> fucking spitting this thing and now they got my fucking DNA so if I do ever decide to go off the rails and do some crazy wild shit I'm probably fucked because they got me they got me dude and everyone was telling me don't do it I fucking did it all to find out what that I'm not even as African as I thought I was get the fuck out of here my friend one ton said I gotta do African uh, ancestry.com cause they couldn't tell me shit about my father's side of my family it's bullshit then I found out how they do those genealogy things, and it made me, it sullied the whole experience. I was like, well, this is bullshit. Like, I need to get on that show that Questlove went on, where the dude, like, really does your shit. You know what I mean? Finds the history. Not, like, spit in a fucking jar and see if your spit lines up with a bunch of other assholes that spit in jars in 2020. You know what I mean? That's how they fucking do it. They're not, like, tracing it back to some crazy data pool that they had. Nah, they're fucking just testing you against every other fucking... Get the fuck out of here! Ah. Well, they're urging everyone to get out there and get your fucking DNA tested, folks, because apparently that's the way they're gonna fucking get you, alright? Get on the floor. <laughs> You're welcome. Don't do it. 23 and not free. Um... Let me see what else we got. I think I got one more Florida story for you guys. Let's see. Um... Oh, let's do a little bit more corporate greed, but Florida style, though. Yeah, I'm a Florida. <laughs> You're going to love this one. Hamilton on the Bay apartment tower in Miami, evicting all 200 of its tenants in the next 60 days. Yeah, I'm a Florida. <laughs> oh, it's fucking going down. Let's read about this. This sounds fucking fantastic. 200 tenants at the waterfront Hamilton by the Bay apartment complex in Edgewater have 60 days to find a new home. They must evacuate the premises by July 16th. Yeah, I'm a <laughs> the news broke after the residents of the Miami apartment were reassured that they would be provided efficient time and resources to accommodate their housing needs following the purchasing of the Hamilton building uh, from apartment investment and management company. Get the fuck out of here! After being pressured to sign, all right? You're gonna fucking sign this shit, all right? Uh, after being pressured to sign, a new lease accompanied with a cancellation clause. The residents were told they had 60 days to... Get the fuck out of here! The fuck out of here. Uh, some of the tenants also inevitably signed into cancellation clauses months before their original lease expired because they got fucking threatened. Shit, you fucking sign the fucking lease, bitch. AIMCO brought, uh, bought the Hamilton apartment building for $80 million. Get the fuck out of here! However, this isn't the first time the real estate investment company has forced tenants out of their homes. In 2019, AIMCO uh, bought Flamingo Point in Miami Beach and left 400 residents squandering for quick housing solutions. Get the fuck out of here! These, these motherfuckers are like the... the goddamn... <laughs> the fucking... Uh, the super 
of fucking uh, apartment buildings here. Repairs to the building have also been in production since 2017. After Hurricane Irma hit South Florida, AIMCO claims the difficulties with constructing around the residence is in part the reason why the 60-day notice was initiated. Now, this all sounds, I guess, pretty standard to you. Here's where it felt a little bit fucked up to me. Um, Hamilton Bay houses elderly and disabled residents who pay below market prices. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> this is grandma and grandpa, folks. This is great grandma and grandpa. <laughs> that pay below market prices probably because they, you know what I mean? They're on social security. <laughs> uh, Larry Schatz, a resident at Hamilton, uh, told NBC Miami, I'm going to be 72 years old in August and the rent I'm going to have to pay to move out to cover the moving expenses is my whole social security check. <laughs> Another resident, Maria Lavoice. Lavoice. What a last name that is. Everybody, I got I got Miller as my last name. Maria got Lavoice. You imagine if my last name was Lavoice? Makes a fucking noise for recognize. Oh yeah, what's his real name? Yeah, it's Ben Lavoice. Yeah, I'm a sport. <laughs> Maria Lavoice. Lavoice. It's spelled voice, not even voice like Spanish. It's Lavoice. Uh, she said, uh, we are not asking for anything out of the ordinary. We all pay our rent on time. We want to stay or have more time to leave with some compensation, bitch. AIMCO claims it's providing residents faced with their untimely removal with resources such as transfers to other AIMCO buildings, which doesn't sound safe at all, uh, moving expenses discounts, and considering flexible moving times. How's 3 a.m. for you, Grandma? Yeah, I'm a sport. <laughs> However, the living fees in regard to living in an AIMCO building that may be more expensive than their current living situation, zoning, and the tenants uh, felt entitlement to more than just discounts. Uh, these measures are criticized by the said tenants. An attorney, David uh, Winker, was hired to represent a group of tenants fighting against AIMCO. We're not gonna take it. Get the fuck out of here. The tenants are asking for a mid-September move-out extension date and an end to those noisy renovations until their extension date is reached. Stop. Banging on the goddamn roof. Yeah, <laughs> God damn it. Um, and they want $22,500 per unit with no negotiations, according to Winker. Uh, as far as I can tell, this is pretty unprecedented in South Florida. We have to remember these renters are not commodities. These renters are human beings. Yeah, <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? The fuck? Ah, oh, man. That's insane. All right. Well, um, it's fucked up down here, folks. What, what can I tell you? It's getting hotter. They're kicking elderly folks out of their apartments like hotcakes down here. All right. It's getting fucked up. People are like, at least that girl from New Jersey won a million dollars. That was the one positive thing. But other than that, it's, it's getting fucked up around here in Florida. And I just wanted to tell you guys, help. Help us, please. Yeah, I'm a sport. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. I love you guys. I hope you're all doing well out there. The world is crazy. All right. The world is fucking crazy. Um, all right. It's time for um, one of my good friend Spence's new segments that I very much enjoy. Um, because I realized when I went to Green Bay and Plano this weekend, one of the things I love about touring the most when I'm not burnt out is... I love meeting people. I love talking to people, finding out people's stories. Like I get such a cool sample size when I go on the road of people 
that listen to our music and and more like i meet people that don't know our music too when i'm out and about people bring their friends to the shows or just when i go out to eat in different cities or uh go like to any kind of function or event in another city i meet all these fucking cool people and i get to like really get to know the like the people that are out in the fucking streets in this world and that leads me to do things like uh, write songs like Through the Rain or Anxiety Attacks, but it also leads me to do things like start this podcast because, you know, how the fuck... Get the works. fuck out of here! <laughs> out of here. Out of here. Um, but uh, Spence started this segment. He's got a few like, rotating segments in the season if you haven't been tuned in already. And this is one of my uh, new favorite segments uh, because I, I just like getting to know new folks. And uh, he's got a brand new fan on this fan interview segment, so I'm going to kick it over Spence. Let's go, Spence. You'll recognize it. It's uh, Spencer here. Biggest fan. Uh, I've seen every single episode of the podcast. Hey, recognize Spencer here. A long-time caller. I've been calling him for years. My two Spence. It's my two Spence. My two Spence. Oh, you got an opinion? Well, you can't have it, because it's my two Spence. Spence, yeah. What is up, y'all? Welcome back. This week, I have another installment of fan interviews with my two Spence. This week is a unique edition because who I have with me, Jake, has, at the start of this month, had, had never heard of Recognize, had never heard any music by Recognize, uh, basically at all. And he attended the Colorado Springs show at the beginning of this month, uh, and so I wanted to interview him, get his impressions of Rec, um, as, as a first-time listener, as someone who experienced it for the first time through a live show, um, through, through, you know, a live show that, that Rec hadn't done for two years or something, um, all of that stuff. So, welcome, Jake. Go ahead, take a second to say hi to everyone. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks, Spencer. How you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man, and I hope you're doing well. I hope everyone listening is doing well. Uh, why don't we just go ahead and get right into it? I'm sure the question everyone's wondering is what made you decide to go see an artist that you had never heard of before? Uh, yeah, so the main thing uh, was Amanda. She was like the prime suspect in all this, you know? Um, we're really good friends. And uh, she had told me about the show in Denver and then also the show that was in Colorado Springs, which I recently moved from Texas to Colorado. So she figured that, you know, me being out here, I might want to go to the show, see her, see her boyfriend, you know, hang out, have a good time. Um, so. That gets us to, you know, I, I had never heard of Wreck, and I was like, well, you know, I'll check him out. That sounds good. You know, I'll buy a ticket and go to the show. So that, that's kind of how it came to be. And uh, for, for the listeners who are wondering, Amanda is, uh, I know her as Amanda Choo Choo. She is uh, a, a proud member of the Wrecking crew. Um, and so you, she convinced you basically to, to go to the show, check Wreck out and all of that. What were your like overall impressions of Rec uh, as like a as a performer as just a musician in general, and then and what were your your kind of overall impressions of his music? Okay, so 
I'll give you my very first impression of Wreck because it was actually like an hour before uh, the openers even came on. Uh, dude was shooting a video uh, with another artist out in the back of the venue. Like, I was just like, I didn't really recognize him, no pun intended. Um, but, you know, I, I heard other people talking and they were like, yeah, that's Wreck right there. And I was like, oh, snap. And then I realized it um and i i just thought that was so cool like that's that was very humble for him to do that you know what i mean and for that to be my first impression of him as an artist i just thought it was like really impressive because i don't know what artists would take their time before a show you know mind you hours before they're gonna go on too. you know to do that so i just thought that was really cool um in terms of the show itself the performance that he put on i thoroughly enjoyed it it was a great time Mind you, it was my first live show that I had been to and maybe like before COVID, maybe even like a year before COVID, I just hadn't gone to very many shows. So I don't think that had anything to do with it though. He just blew it out of the water. Like he totally killed it. I totally enjoyed the show 100%. Um, yeah, and as to, I mean, to the first part with him recording, uh, a, you know, a video before the show, I think that's a, a great example of just kind of Rex overall workmanship. That's just kind of how he is. Um, and I, so technically, um, cause you would have heard parts of that song, right? Um, so technically that was kind of your first time hearing Wreck. What were your thoughts on, uh, on that kind of music video shoot? Yeah. So actually, uh, I, I kind of got a, a front row, um, listen to him because while they were shooting the video, they wanted a crowd. And Amanda, who I had mentioned before, had just showed up like maybe three minutes before this happened. And they were like, hey, let's, let's get some people down here. And I was like, am I about to go be a music video? So it was just kind of interesting to be from that perspective. You know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was surreal. That, that's all I could say. It was yeah. surreal. You went from uh, had never hearing of uh, of the guy before to being in a music video with him. It's a uh, quite a turnaround. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's, it's it's amazing. I'm sure everyone that got there late is going to be jealous. Sorry. I'm I'm sure there's lots of listeners who are like, I've been listening to Rec for 15 years, and I've never how you know. I'm sure they're they're very upset right now. But you know, I mean, what are you? It's time and place. What are you going to do? You know. When you go to a show next time, you know, for Wreck, just go when doors open and maybe maybe it'll be out back shooting a video for somebody else. <laughs> you knows. never know. Uh, so when you were listening to the, the show, were there any songs that particularly stood out to you during the concert uh, and, and why those songs? Yes. So we got Soul. That was like my absolute favorite song. Like I just, I felt it in my core. Like, it was just an amazing song. I just feel like the way he performed it, the way the crowd got into the song, into the hook, it was just, it was an amazing feel. I really liked that. Um, other songs that I really liked were uh, High Water and The Fallen off Pressure Point. Um, and then also, I, I kind of I dug Hydroplane a little bit too. That was a good song. Um, so there were, I, also I was front row for this show, so, you know, being first time performance for him, being front row, it was just, it was really cool to get that, you know, perspective, his performance. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, Rec is pretty versatile with his music. Um, he has, you know, like a lot of that, like aggressive in your face rap. And then he has like this kind of singing stuff too. songs like June. Uh, you kind of mentioned Hydroplane. Hydroplane's a little bit of a mix of, of those both. But um, I'm curious, like, did you take note of, of kind of this different like such such drastic differences in sound um and and what did you think of those you know how did you did you prefer the singing parts over the the more rapping or vice versa what what was your thoughts on that uh one of my favorite things about music is an artist expressing range what they do not just doing the same thing over and over again so just the fact that it switched up like that like it was amazing like i said it was an incredible performance like i'm not you know exaggerating on that at all like it was a small venue it wasn't like a big crowd it didn't feel like that like he just he just rocked the crowd man it was great but anyways back to the point um i i I did kind of like the singing a little bit more, but I think it was just because it was just a difference from the in-your-face rapping. But I honestly wouldn't really say I liked one part more than the other because I feel like it just all... He just made it all go together so cohesively. You know, it's just... He just makes it mold together so well. Like, he just... He does... What he does, he does great. Uh, so, and do you think that seeing him live, um, like, how did that influence kind of your initial impressions? Because uh, I know, and we were talking a little bit before this interview, when, when you go to see someone live, you know, like, you can't usually hear the songs very well, you can't make out the lyrics and stuff. Um, so how, how did that kind of influence your impressions? Yeah, so again, I think being on the front row, like, I kind of, I feel like I got a better, like, hear of the music um and the lyrics and stuff than if i would have been like out maybe more like deeper into the crowd or something um even though i couldn't hear anything on the way home uh but it it was um uh i think seeing him live really um i don't i don't i don't know if it would have because i had listened to some of his songs before the show like on the way there like i listened to pressure point um and some other songs of his uh just random singles and stuff like that that i could find um so i, I had had a general idea of his sound but dude when he came out like it, it was just it, it totally blew my expectations out of the water of what i had in mind you know what i mean i was just like oh it's gonna be like a chill show and then he came out and just killed it bro it was amazing. I, I just, I really liked it. Like I said, We Got Soul, um, that song in particular, I, I listened to it after the show, and it was like, man, that, it, it's still a good song, but it just doesn't, it doesn't make me feel the same way as when I listened to it live. Like, it just got me so hyped up, uh, and it's, it's still a good song either way, but I just feel like the live performance of it was um a lot better than when i listened to the studio version not taking anything away from the studio version yeah so i guess overall you you'd say that it, it heightened the experience for you um so Definitely. so since the concert have you explored rex music more have you looked into mayday's music um and would you attend another another concert 
Um, I'm mostly just been listening more to, um, you know, what's available, like Pressure Point, uh, listening to a lot of that, and then other songs um, from the show in general, uh, or that um, is just fine, like singles and stuff like that, like I mentioned before. Um, so a little bit, I mean, like I downloaded pretty much everything on Spotify that was available on there to download. Um, haven't gotten around to listening to all of it quite yet. Um, but I've been watching like music videos of his and stuff like that, which I really do like his music videos, like the creativeness of, uh, some of the like, um, concepts of the videos are just like, okay. Yeah. And definitely, um, definitely look into, uh, into his group Mayday as well. I mean, they, when they come together, it just kind of, they bring out the best in each other, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I do definitely want to look more into Mayday. I need to put that on my list here, um, you know, of stuff, because I've just kind of been focusing on him specifically, um, just because, you know, going to the show, seeing that for it. Like, if I saw, if I went to a Mayday show, I'd probably be more into looking at Mayday stuff. Oh, you definitely, whole. definitely would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll, I'll check them out for sure. Um, and uh, would I go to another show? 100% I would definitely go to another show because I enjoyed it uh, so much and hopefully be able to actually uh, sing along while he's uh, you know performing so. right right yeah um, so you know Jake thanks so much for being here with us this week um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of other questions that audience members would like to ask uh, if if you want to ask it to the audience, uh, you can join the Patreon, uh, get into the Discord, and you can uh, you can find Jake in there. And uh, Jake, I'll leave it with you. Is there anything you want to say to Rec to the listeners of the podcast? Uh, yeah, Rec, man, great show. Um, really, really had a great time. Um, it was a beautiful experience. I, I wish I could have stuck around and uh, met you after the show. I had some personal stuff that I needed to attend to. Um, being able to be part of the video shoot was awesome, uh, even though I was just an extra. Uh, it was still cool, though. Um, to the you know podcast watchers, listeners, um, if you're on the Discord, I'm Jake from Cold Farm, so check me out on there. Uh, Twitter, Jake Got Baked. Um, just, you know hit me up if you got questions or if you just want to chop it up whatever talk about rec let me know if you have some suggestions for songs that i should check out based on you know the ones that i mentioned um yeah. i'm open for new friends in the wrecking crew awesome thank you so much uh have a great rest of your week everyone listening see you next time yeah jake Jake! Thanks, Jake. Thank you, Spencer. Appreciate you. Man, you know, um, first of all, Jake, thank you for coming to the show, taking a fucking chance, all right? It's so hard to get people's attention and hard to get people's ears these days uh, that I'm so appreciative of it. And I've been doing it so long. The beauty of it is I don't take not a one single fucking person for granted when they come to my show or they listen to my music or whatever. I know it's so hard to get people's attention that... Um, I 
yeah, I, I really appreciate it. So not only did you come to the show and enjoy the music and check out the music, but then you also uh, joined up with the Patreon and like showed direct support um, to me and what I'm doing and the music and the movement. So that's fucking wonderful. Shout out to you for that. Uh, shout out to Spencer for a wonderful interview as well. All right. Let me find out Spencer's becoming our fucking Ted Koppel and his bitch asking the hard-hitting questions. Um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, of, the, of those two shows, Denver was my favorite, obviously, because Denver's energy is always a little bit more hype. The venue uh, sound we had some trouble with in Colorado Springs and also the space, the amount of space in the Colorado Springs. We actually had more tickets sold for Colorado Springs, but it felt like less people because uh, the Sunshine Studios venue is so much bigger <clears throat> than the Roxy is. So it was uh, cool for me to hear you say you had such a good time at the second show because the first show I enjoyed so much more and the second show I had to really power through it. We also didn't, we couldn't hear ourselves on stage. So it was like we were driving blind the whole entire show. Uh, my DJ couldn't hear shit. So he was barely on the mic and he, he hypes up the show so much. So when he's not doing his thing, the energy is hard to match. Uh, so I'm glad that you enjoyed the show because that that makes me feel a little bit better because I felt like I was super hard on us after the show because I was like, fuck, man, this shit was not what it was supposed to be. But you had a good time, so that means that we partially did our job, all right? So, fuck. But yeah, I, I had much more fun in Denver. I do want to go back to Sunshine Studios again and put more people in there and work out the sound issues. We had some technical problems at Soundcheck that fucked us up, and it was, it was a little bit of a hot mess. But... Uh, but yeah, both nights were fun and it was a great way to kick off my return to the stage after a year and nine months. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good. And then now doing Green Bay and, uh, Plano this past weekend, uh, I'm about to, uh, I, I'm doing Seattle, Seattle. That's a brand new one. Holler Seattle. Oh, oh, oh. Seattle, July 31st at the Waterland Arcade. I'm going to post up ticket links and promo and stuff in the next day or two. And then I think we might get Spokane for the 30th. I might be in Spokane, Washington on the 30th. And then uh, we're working on uh, finally making up that Albuquerque date launch pad. Yeah, August. August. We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, I was trying to put together a run with another artist who I very much respect and enjoy uh, his music, but um, and we were, we we're all in agreement. But then a couple of the anchor shows of the small run we were going to do uh, fell through, and it just made more sense to shift it until after the Mayday tour. So I'm going to do a more extensive solo run with another, like a team up with another artist that I'm very excited about, but you're going to have to hold off on that and just uh, wait until uh, after the Mayday run in October. So. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be in a city near you hopefully very soon. All right, so um, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Spencer. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Um, we got a good one for this week. Um, let's go to this week's breakdown. What up, Rec? What up, Rec and crew? This is Drew from Cleveland, Ohio. Yo, Rec, I wanted to see if I could get a breakdown in for the Bad Touch tribute off of the Waiting Room mixtape. I've been listening to the mixtape for years, and that song in particular, because I love the cadences you use throughout the song, but I never understood what it's a tribute of or why the beginning is so weird and creepy. 
I don't know. Maybe you could let me and the rest of the wrecking crew know. All right. Have a good one. Keep the podcast going, man. I love it. It keeps me going at work. Later. Come here, Susie. You remember me? Your daddy's friend, Henry? I, I, no, don't. What up, Yagi? We're getting near the end of the tape, so I figured I'd get loose. For all my hardcore motherfuckers, a tribute to the bad touch. Radio's in the next room. Check it out. Unfasten the leash, they let him walk around free with a basket of beats. His back to the streets, cleats wrapped, stacked to the seat. He carries his speech like two caps on Dracula's teeth. See, they fight to bite while I pierce skin with molars. Crafting my second verse while he's asking for me to go first. For sure, jerk, if you sure that's what your soul's worth, you'll meet your doom to a first screaming hello, nurse. I'm not a man, I'm an apparition And human beings will talk an awful lot of shit without a bat to piss in Bring it on if you think you got the pawns Put your money where your mouth is, you'll be con Before long, long gone Why you tryna run up on con? Climb up and snatch bras when she laid a Hong Kong on strong Moving through this dime flow endeavor Cause I'd rather rip it right than be a sideshow forever Ladies and gents, fuck your landlords Tonight we ain't paying the rent I was 83 born with a 7-6 soul Can't see the storm coming but I feel it getting cold I got you now Susie Come on I'm only playing Don't struggle I'm bigger and stronger than you Check it out so yeah, I miss the golden era, whatever Watching my team of fire ants finally come together We move along the empire and when they finally let it fall We'll knock it up towards the top a couple times like tetherball Bet us all my calls, I'm all mixed up inside now Tell every worker inside to find some high ground We open floodgates on corporations' drug dates Just before they serve them third world blood state. It must taste like they think we're made of dum-dums It's just a shame to walk the plane amongst these numb scums I love my nights but hate to think of where they come from No wonder when I strap them on I feel the need to run, run, run Through this twilight Rwanda Stepping over the murder like there's some kind of a bother I swear to music we live in some kind of monster Who runs the radio and probably looks like George Bush's father and the evil won't stop Just like the majors knew that all you fucking people go pop Believe it or not, they got your rights evenly locked So if you poor, you stay poor until your regency rocks Out of sight, out of mind, all secretly stocked Into some soil and green, eat up junior, finish your tops Watch them process the rest just in time for the taking Present to the past, if you got a glass, raise it Ladies and gents, fuck your landlords Tonight we ain't paying the rent I was 83 born with a 7-6 soul Can't see the storm coming but I feel it getting cold Ladies and gents, fuck your landlords Tonight we ain't paying the rent I was 83 born with a 7-6 soul Can't see the storm coming but I feel it getting cold That was a bad touch Don't ever touch me that way Not ever again Yeah, that was uh, the Bad Touch tribute off the Waiting Room Mixtape 2.0.
2006, 2007, yeah, I think, I think it was six. Um, yeah, uh, fuck, man. Good question, Drew. That I haven't heard that one in a while, and I purposely didn't listen to it until I listened to it right now, live on the fucking show. Um, that okay. So first and foremost, it's funny because we just did sweatshop freestyle on the last week's episode. Um, which was produced by LP. You know, I'm a big LP fan, and this is a f- perfect follow-up to show you how far back my fandom of LP really goes. Um, I think low-key on every mixtape, I might have an LP instrumental on almost every one of those early mixtapes, um, and The Waiting Room was no different. I think there's at least like one or two LP tracks. That original uh, instrumental is called Susie Pulled a Pistol on Henry. And it's from a B-side leak instrumentals breaks and stuff from company, like company flow, if I'm not mistaken. It was like a company flow compilation of like instrumentals and shit that, you know, LP did most of the production or all the production for. So um, that was uh, an instrumental I really loved. It came already pre-packaged with all the weird samples in it, all that weirdness of all the like Susie's having an altercation and bad, bad, bad touch and this, that, and a third. Uh, that all is baked into LP's instrumental. So I just thought it was weird and unsettling and uh, would fit the tone of what I wanted to say for the mixtape. Um, as far as calling it the Bad Touch tribute, uh, Company Flow on their first album, Fun Crusher Plus, which I'm a super fan of, uh, there is a, uh, a track with Bad Touch in the title one of their more popular tracks is um has bad touch in the title so i don't know at the time i just wanted to call it a tribute to the bad touch uh as like a nod to company flow and lp but also just uh it fit the skit on that on that mixtape instrumental so well uh and then it was kind of like everything in the waiting room era during that mixtape i was just much younger and much angrier and really wanted to fucking like get out of the situation I was in at the time, I was really frustrated with being shelved and my album wasn't going the way I wanted it to and I was just bitter and angry and I had this little pre-production room and me and Miyagi were kicking it, hanging out all the time and just fucking making raps and shit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that was a good one. I mean, there's no there's no real crazy story behind it other than I just love that LP instrumental. If you uh, look up on YouTube, Susie pulled a pistol on Henry, you'll hear that instrumental the way it came before I got to it and rapped on it on the mixtape. So uh, other than that, it's just me kind of, you know, talking my shit. And um, yeah, you can hear some really pretty old references in that fucking track. All right. Um, thank you, Drew. Appreciate that. That was a fucking good. Um, yeah, that was a good. All right. All right enough. That was a good uh, breakdown request, and um, yeah, I appreciate that. That was a good one. Taking it back to the mixtape era, goddammit. All right, um, let's go. We got a couple lines this week to get to before we wrap it up, so let's do a line right now. I don't know if this has ever been done before on your podcast, but I want to give a quick get the fuck out of here to you, bro, Mr. Recognize. Whatever happened to that DVD we were supposed to get? With your badass trip to Cape Town. What's the hold up, homie? <laughs> Damn. Get the fuck out of here. I've been GTFOH'd on my own show. And if you're wondering who that is, that's the voice of the one and only, the fucking monthly supporter himself, Norman Joseph Penberthy, the sixth, if you're fucking ghost. Uh, my guy Norm. He, I, I just like to say his full name because he, you know, he fucks with me about saying his full name. But um, Norm. 
Shout out to you, Norm. All right, here's your stamp to me. Get the fuck out of here. All right, there you go. I GTFOH myself. Uh, here is the scenario with that. Um, Coming Home South Africa is, the edit is finished as far as I've been told. Now, what um, I was told by my good friend DJ EFN was is that uh, he didn't want me to see it until he did a screening in Miami. He likes everyone to see it at the screening. So I haven't been able to watch the movie yet. But the film is finished. It's edited and ready to go. And apparently there's supposed to be a premiere, a Miami premiere set up for the near future. He told me at the beginning of this month it was going to be at the end of this month, but seeing as it's June 29th right now, I'm guessing that that's not going to fucking happen. Get the fuck out of here! But he's a busy man, you know, he got the drink champs, he's got fucking, he just launched his michelada fucking uh, cups and shit. He's got, a, they got weed strand, like, they're, he's doing mad shit. He's like the DJ version of me. He's just doing all kinds of shit. Uh, so, he, I, I'm guessing that we're going to hear something about a premiere for us to see the film in the next few weeks. And then he's working on some cool next level shit as to like how to distribute the content and how you might be able to see it, whether it be online or on like a revolt or something like that. So don't GTFOH me yet, Norm, because it's not in my hands, first of all. I'm just in the movie and, you know, went on the trip and all that shit. But everything that comes down to like releasing it, premiering it, Distributing it, that's all Mr. DJ EFN, so I'm going to pass the book to Get him. Get the fuck out of here! Alright. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I'm dying to see it, too. Trust me. I can't wait to see it. All I know is that the one thing, <laughs> the one thing I'm going to be like, damn, is that um, I've lost like 30, what is it? Yeah, I've lost like maybe 30 or 35 pounds since that fucking trip. So Get the fuck out of here! I feel like I'm going to see the movie and be like, holy shit, what the fuck happened to me? Like, oh my God. Uh, I was 205 when we went to South Africa. And I'm like 179 right now, 170-something. Uh, maybe 180-something, give or take the meal of the day. But, um, but yeah, fucking, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see fucking chubby me running through South Africa. Eh? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, I mean, Fat Rat coming to a screen near you, baby. Let's go. Um, all right, let me see. We got, uh, yo, Norm, all this time you've been listening and you finally call in for a line and that's the line is you want to like make me say, get the fuck out of here to myself. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Um, shout out to my guy, Norm. All right, uh, I think it's time for our weekly dose of positivity. Let's see what Mr. Dolly Gagne has to say. What up, Rick? This line was born from a conversation in the Discord. I have a very logical thought process. Usually my decisions are based on a logic that I have cultivated over the years. However, that was not always the case. When it came to matters of the heart, the term the heart wants what the heart wants echoes in my mind and was a thorn in my side many times. Truthfully, I'm a hopeless romantic. So that has always been my kryptonite. I spent a lot of years in relationships being unhappy with myself, my life, my choice in partners, and I was always looking for something or someone better. I tended to fall for women at their worst times. Maybe it was because I liked the thought of being their savior, however unrealistic that notion was. In the end, I would let people use and abuse me because I thought I could win them over, convince them that they were making a mistake, or I made a mistake and I had to pay for it somehow. This, just, this wasn't just limited to relationships, but some friendships as well. The heartbreaks that ensued nearly, well, killed me. It was a chance meeting, and honestly, the day I met my wife was the day I started to understand the whys, and it slowly became clear what I'd been doing wrong. 
She is my secret to success, going through all the previous heartache, pain, anguish, self-doubt, through some good times, mediocre times, and downright low times. Those experiences prepared me for her. It prepared me to appreciate her so much more, understand, respect, love, nurture, protect, trust, grow, and build a life with someone. The moment I met her, I felt relief. It allowed me to make sense of all the mistakes I'd made in my life and the value those lessons brought me. It also taught me how I should be treated. Having gone through some less than desirable behavior, it took a while to pick up the pieces of my broken self. It took time to heal. The lesson here is there are always going to be ups and downs in life, but under no circumstances should you have someone treat you poorly and vice versa. If that is the case, why have that person in your life? If a stranger treats you that way, they remain a stranger. But if a trusted person does that, it's somehow acceptable. There's enough self-doubt already. Your partner should be building a future with you together, not breaking you down. Same with friends. You deserve to be loved, cared for, treated with respect, treated as equal. Anything less is unacceptable. This is a two-way street. So if you're the one behaving that way, you need to take a look within and make the necessary changes and grow to be a better human being. And if it's happening to you, when you recognize it, make it known and it's a short leash or move on from there. You will not find what you're looking for if you're trying to change someone into something other than they, who they already are. Just think when someone tries to change something about you, how resistant you are to that change. Well, that's the same for them. Understand your basic needs and search for the person who fits your needs best. Never settle for disrespect, dishonesty, discouragement, or negativity. Those are red flags. The first sign of physical and psychological abuse is an immediate walking paper and should never be tolerated. Once an abuser, always an abuser. Love yourself always. Gonye out. Yeah! Love yourself always. Alright? First and foremost... Self-love is a very important thing. I'll be beating that shit into my fucking kids. Well, not beating it into them, but you know what I mean. I'll be forcefully giving it to my kids that fucking, that that, that notion that you need to just start with you. You got to be confident in yourself. You got to love yourself. You got to be accepting of whatever the flaws that you have are. And then that way you can build a foundation on that. And that's what makes for a healthy partner. Everybody probably listening to this show, everybody I've ever fucking met has probably been with somebody who didn't have that foundation built. And it makes for a shit fucking road. All right. Get the fuck out of here. Get out of here. Thank you for the weekly wisdom, Denny Gagné, Mr. Dali Gagné, Denny. Jean-Paul, if you're nasty. Um, you're the fucking truth. We love you. We hope everything's cool. Uh, that's a great story in the sense that um, a lot of my friends who go through it, whether it be anxiety or depression or uh, just stress in general, I often tell them like, yo, man, I always try to tell them like, just remember that the shit won't be bad forever and it, when it's good it's not gonna be good forever either and you gotta continue to remember that the shit ebbs and flows and we have to kind of just bob and weave on some ali shit to you know to to not get too fucked up out here and um you know what i mean look uh my mom's tuned into the show right now she didn't find her fucking love of her life until uh you know just recently you know what i mean so shout out to my mom she could have quit she could have quit ages ago she could have been like you know what didn't work out with your dad. Didn't work out with your stepdad. You know what I mean? Fuck, fuck these people. Like, you know, she could just be like, you know what? I'm just gonna be by myself. All right, fuck it. Um, but no, she was like, yo, I'm gonna give it. I'll give it one more shot. Fuck it. Let me see what's up. And yo, she's with 
the love of her life, I would say. Um, so, yeah, shout out to my mom. Don't give up. It's out there for you people. Even you, Miyagi. All right? Even you, Miyagi. We love you. Um, all right, you guys are the fucking truth. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Episode 47, Heroes Take the Bus. Uh, we about to wrap this bitch up. Uh, it's been real. If you um, are listening to this on an audio podcast platform, do me a favor and uh, hit me with one of those rate ratings and reviews. Give me all the stars. Give me all the comments. Hey, this podcast is the shit. Uh, Gillette should sponsor this podcast or, you know what I mean? Or fucking uh, the PP Jeans guy. Like someone give this man a sponsorship. Just say some nice shit if you would in your podcast, you know, Apple podcast review thing. Um, if you're on YouTube, Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get us over a thousand subscribers. We're at like 750 right now. Um, and if you want to scan through any of the clips, uh, previous clips that I've uploaded or the shows and just give those some thumbs up and some comments and shit, it would mean the fucking world to me. I'm trying to get that shit up off the motherfucking ground. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Twitch, uh, we're like three streams away from becoming affiliate where I can add cool emotes and we can gamble all our GTFOH time together and do cool shit in Twitch. So if you haven't already and you're listening to the show somewhere else, uh, come over to twitch.tv forward slash the GTFOH podcast. Follow us and uh, come through and enjoy the show live. It's a different experience. Uh, and the chat is always just as hilarious as the fucking show is. Um, it's been real. I love y'all. Don't forget, Mr. Burns Yacht Club Volume 1 mixtape drops Sunday, July 4th. It's going to be on burns.bandcamp.com. You can find it on any of his social medias. Trust me, I know. And um, and yeah, more music, more fun times coming, all that shit. I love y'all. Thanks for tuning in. It means the world to me. I'm um, going to see you guys in the very near future. Peace. It's that time again We gotta say goodnight You know it's getting late Tomorrow is another day My friend All right, people Time to go home. Yep. Losing time. We're ready to head on out. So let's go. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. Now you're making me mad. You're gonna make me swear. Get the fuck here finish up that beer you might as well call it a night my friend you're gonna have to get the fuck out you heard me so long arrivederci sayonara get the fuck out ciao good night bye bye so long farewell In a wild crocodile shaking now. Get the fuck out. Get the, Get the fuck out of here. Get Come on, give me a out. fucking break. Can I get a refill, please? Hey, you fuck, fuck face, get out of here. What are you fucking Get the fuck out. out.
The GTFOH Podcast. Learn more at thegtfohpodcast.com. Just what the world needed, one more podcast. Get the fuck out of here! Get out of here!